Welcome to the Antioch Community Church Podcast. We are a church located in the downtown Birmingham area where we desire to be with and like Jesus and help others do the same for the glory of God. We hope today's message encourages and challenges you. Asia, eating pizza with weird fruit on it, and 
this pastor was, he was one teaching elder in the midst of many teaching elders. He was kind of the head teaching elder of a group of house churches. And so I was in East Asia, crazy, crazily got the opportunity to be amongst this church and be able to teach in this church, to be able to teach on the Old Testament and Jeremiah. And this pastor sat across from me, telling me who it is that I'm going to be giving me an idea of the people that I was going to be with. And he looked at me and said, Alice, Pharaoh is after us. Pharaoh is after us, and he wants us to lose. Pharaoh does not want the word of God preached. Pharaoh is after us. But Pharaoh will Pastor, the pastor looked at me and said, Pharaoh will not win. In the end, God will win. Three weeks ago, three weeks ago, I got a test that this pastor thrusted in the house. He says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. How in the world is the good life, the life of persecution? How can this be true? How can this be true that the good life that Christ offers each of us is persecution? So I want us to back up a little bit here in the Beatitudes to get an idea of what it looks like, the Christian life, the good life. We've already talked about this word blessed. Kevin described it in the first week, not as this subjective, happy feeling that you get, 
but instead the good life, the blessed life is what God is doing in you. It is God objectively telling you that you are blessed, that you are worthy of his love, that he has loved you and given himself for you. That is the good life. And so we see in verses three through six, a picture of what God does in one who follows him. We see that that God, that when you are emptying of yourself and you are poor in spirit, that God meets you there. That when you mourn, he comforts you. That when you're meek, he gives himself to you. And when you hunger and thirst, he satisfies you. He satisfies you. This is the God we serve. This is what he's doing in you. So we see three through six, this is our attitude before the Lord, that we come open-handed to the Lord and he satisfies us and he gives us a life worth living. And then verses seven through nine, we see how now the good life, the blessed life, how we are to orient ourselves to others. We are to be a merciful people because we have received mercy from Christ. We are to be pure because the Lord has already paid the price for us. We are to be peacemakers because he has already made peace for us. This is what we are to do to others in this blessed life. And so now we come to verse 10, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And we ask, why are the people who are empty handed before the Lord, who are satisfied in the Lord, who are now merciful towards others, who are peaceful towards others, why are those people now the people that are being persecuted? We have come to how others respond to the good life, how the world responds to life in Christ. And what is their response? Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. See, if you follow Christ, you will be persecuted. Paul writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3.12, and he says, Indeed, anyone who wants to live a godly life will be persecuted. If you're sitting in this room and you desire the goodness of Christ, you desire to follow Christ, you will be persecuted. Because the good life, those who are poor in spirit, it's an affront to our culture that says you should be rich in yourself. When you mourn and say things are broken and things are not right in this world, it's an affront to people who claim to have it all together. When you're meek, it's an affront to those who want to boast in themselves. When you say that you are satisfied in Christ, The world looks at you and says, but all these things are satisfying. Look at this, take and eat this. See, when you live a godly life, when you live the good life, the world rejects it. In Daniel 3, we 
catch up with the Israelites who have now been conquered by the people of Babylon. And King Nebuchadnezzar, you know, he's a great king. He has a big empire. He has peoples and languages and tribes under his rule. And he's taken people from different nations and different languages and different tribes and he's put them in his court and he's educated them and he's made them a people for himself. And he goes out into a plain and he builds a giant golden image. And Nebuchadnezzar brings all of these people that he's gathered together, his, his court, and he says, when you hear when you hear the pipe, when you hear the lyre, when you hear the trigon, when you hear the bagpipe, all kinds of music, bow down before this idol. Bow down before this idol. And so, the pipe, the lyre, the trigon, the bagpipe, all kinds of music plays. And what do the peoples the languages, the tribes, the groups of people do in his court, they bow down before this idol. But apparently not everyone, because some of the court is really angry. And they come to Nebuchadnezzar and they say, Nebuchadnezzar, you know how you said people should bow down, and you also said if they don't bow down, we're going to throw them in a fiery furnace? Well, there's some Hebrews. There's some Israelites that are not bowing down. And so Nebuchadnezzar says, bring them to me. And so come in, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And Nebuchadnezzar says, why? Why have you not bowed down before this idol that I have made? And they say, the God of heaven is the only one we'll bow down to. And if we are thrown into the fiery furnace, he is able to save us. But if he doesn't, it will be okay. And so what happens? Nebuchadnezzar says, play the music again. Let's see him bow down. And so the music plays, and what do they do? They don't bow down. They don't bow down. If you wish to live a godly life, if you follow Christ, you will be persecuted. And so what do they do? Nebuchadnezzar is angry, and he says, get it really, really hot. And so they get the fiery furnace super, super hot, and even the people carrying them die because of how hot it is. And they're thrown into the fiery furnace. And many of you know the end of this story. But if God had not saved him, if God had not saved Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it would have been okay. How can they say that? God does save Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the fiery furnace. And as one of my friends from Beeson once said, there is a furnace in your future. If you wish to follow Christ, if you follow Christ, there will be a furnace in your future. There will be persecution. And so we see we've come to that those who wish to follow Christ, is they will be persecuted. How is this the good life? I don't want persecution. I don't want my house to be taken from me. I don't want to go to prison. I don't want these things. So how? How is this the blessed 
and good life. See, if you follow Christ, you will be persecuted. But if you follow Christ, it will be worth it. If you follow Christ, you will be persecuted. But if you follow Christ, it will be worth it. I think the first clue on why it will be worth it is the first word of the verse. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. Just as we said, this is not some subjective happy feeling, but instead God looks at you and he declares you blessed. How does he do that? Christ condescended from heaven. The God of the universe came down to be like you and me and he walked and he was in fact persecuted for you and me. Just as we as followers of Christ will be persecuted, we don't go somewhere our savior was not willing to go. In fact, he was willing to go further. Christ came down, the God of the universe came down. He walked, he healed people. He healed the blind, he healed the lame. You're telling me that a merciful and peaceful people are gonna be persecuted? Well, Jesus was the top and he was persecuted because Jesus claimed, claimed to be God and he proved it time and time again until eventually he was betrayed by one of his friends. He was arrested on our behalf. He was questioned on our behalf. He was beaten on our behalf, and then he was killed on our behalf. But the story does not end there. See, three days later, our Savior rose, declaring victory over death, declaring victory over the sin that entangles us. He has declared victory. How is it worth it? If you follow Jesus, you will be persecuted, but it is worth it because Jesus declares victory, because Jesus has bought you with a price, and because Jesus holds you at this very moment. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. If you'll notice, we've seen a lot of future tense throughout this passage, throughout the Beatitudes, for they shall receive mercy, for they shall see God. But here we are in the present tense, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Christ is holding you now. The kingdom of heaven is now. Christ has given us a foretaste now. He rose from the dead, declaring victory that one day, one day we will be with him and we will declare victory with him. See, if you follow Christ, you will be persecuted. If you will be persecuted, but it will, will be worth it because of the God we serve. He has bought us, he holds us, and he gives us the kingdom of heaven. And how do we believe this? How do we know this to be true? Because he's standing at the right hand of God at this very moment. He has risen from the dead, declaring victory over death. 
that we might be with him, that this good life that we taste, the foretaste today, that we taste the peace of Christ, that we taste the mercy of Christ, that we taste the purity of our God here and now, but it's going to get better because the kingdom of heaven is coming. Shortly after Jesus speaks these words to his disciples, and shortly after he has been murdered and risen from the dead and ascends into heaven, we see the disciples doing ministry. We see them doing ministry in Jerusalem, and we see in Acts chapter 6 that, that there are many people in need of help. There are widows who need to be cared for. And so the disciples, they bring together a group of people and, and they say, hey, we want to focus on the preaching of the word, but we need people who are faithful, holy people of God that they can do this ministry. And they choose a man named Stephen. And Stephen, he, he's described as filled with the Holy Spirit. Just the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead is now filling this man, Stephen, filling those who wish to live a godly life, filling those who will be persecuted. And Stephen, he goes about the ministry, helping the widows, helping the poor, and he does it with a spirit of peace and a spirit of mercy. And he shares with the people around him the good news of Jesus, that the God of the universe, the God of the Israelites, the God of the Old Testament has come down and been a man and died on our behalf. And he begins to share it. And the Jewish leaders there in Jerusalem are really upset. They tell him, what are you doing? And so what does he do in Acts chapter seven? He describes the gospel starting at the beginning of the Old Testament, going all the way to Christ. And it enrages them. And Stephen, in the midst of this, God gives him a vision of God in heaven and Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father. And he describes it to the Jewish leaders. And they're enraged their rage that he would say that this Jesus that they have killed is standing and sitting at the right hand of the Father. But what does it do to Stephen? His face radiates. He is at peace before the Lord. And they drag him out of the city and they stone him and they kill him. If follow Christ, you will be persecuted. But if you follow Christ, it will be worth it because Christ stands in heaven, interceding on our behalf. On our behalf. There is a furnace in your future. There is persecution in your future. I don't know if it's the type that is arrested I don't know if it's losing a job. I don't know if it's losing family members. I don't know if it's losing friends, but I can tell you this, that anyone who wishes to live a godly life will be persecuted. Hear these words from Romans chapter eight, 
starting in verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword as it is written? For your sake, we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. If you follow Christ, you will be persecuted. But brother, sister, it will be worth it. Let's pray. Lord, we are so desperately in need of you. Lord, we know that you have conquered the grave, and yet at times in this world, it feels like we're losing. And Lord, I thank you for these beatitudes, I thank you for your promises of the good life that tell us that despite feeling like we're losing, we will win in the end. That you have made a way for us to know you through Christ, that you have conquered the grave, that we might one day be with you. So Lord, I pray, I pray for right now, pray that you would give us more and more of a taste, a foretaste of the things to come, that you would give us this better life in you, that despite the persecution to come, that we would be able to stand strong. We'd be able to stand strong because of the things you're doing in us, because your spirit is with us, because you are worthy. Worthy are you, God, of our lives. We are so glad you joined us today. If you would like to stay connected with us, visit our website at antiochbhm.com, where you can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. If you have any questions about today's message, or would like to speak with someone about what was shared today, please email us at info at antiochbhm.com. Go in peace.